0: Snuff production.
1: Car sales acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.
0: Yeah, I've been to a few dealerships and had a quick look online, but to be honest, I don't really know what I'm looking for. So it's all very overwhelming. Kind of not really sure where to start at the moment. Buying a car can certainly be pretty daunting when there are just so many things to consider. Hi, I'm Erin Molan and welcome to Everything You Auto Know, an educational series about everything you ought to know about cars. Brand new, second hand, dealer used, you name it. Edwina Gilbert, though, is here to break it all down for us and she joins me now. Edwina, first of all, thank you so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Talk to me about buying a car. What should we be looking at? What kind of factors?
1: Look, I think buying a car is really emotive still. So, you know, everybody's factors are going to be completely personal to them. If you're very driven by style, that's going to be your buying characteristic. If you've maybe got a young family, then safety is going to be a characteristic or you're a new driver. And, you know, budget, I think particularly at the moment is probably pretty topical just with interest rates going up and and a little more uncertainty in the marketplace. I think probably budget's creeping up there in most people's shopping list on what they're thinking. But there's no specific you should have these priorities. Obviously, budget sets some parameters and then it's really just reflecting on your own personal situation, your stage of life, your time in life, your needs, your wants. From a dealership perspective, that's obviously for us to assist Consumers in moving the right priorities forward and and the the lesser priorities back, and for some people at the moment it's just a supply situation. So even what they may really, really want, they're looking 18 months out and they they really need to take what they can get. So that's a big impact at the moment. You mentioned
0: fuel prices, which are ridiculous at the moment. Cost of living is hitting everyone really hard. Are there hidden costs in cars that we need to be aware of? We might look at something that's got a price on the front and we go, great, but
1: can we be stung later on? One of the things that manufacturers are doing really well these days and dealers is having a lot more price transparency, not only upfront. So if you think at the point of purchase, there's a whole lot of on-road costs which are clearly disclosed now. So there might be things like your CTP, your stamp duty and your transfer and your registration costs. All those things are clearly stated out and should be because they're all part of the buying experience. And I think what we're seeing is the manufacturers are having really open conversations with their consumers and attracting them in knowing what is the price of servicing heading out. So, you know, you're starting to see servicing costs published annually so that you know, you know, if I buy that particular vehicle, my, you know, approximate cost in year one is gonna be, let's call a number, $380, you know, plus fair wear and tear items like your tires or otherwise. But I think we're getting better as an industry. These days, with the ability for consumers to research what they're doing, they've got really good um, visibility on those future costs. And, and, you know, I would really encourage all consumers to spend some time looking at the whole of life because transaction costs up front is one element. You know, it's really important at that particular point in time that you buy, you finance or you work out your leasing repayments, but actually looking at the life of the vehicle is really important. So what is the annual servicing cost? And then what is the residual value of your car likely to look like? when you're looking to turn. If you're a three-year ownership person, if you're a five-year, if you're 10-year and pass it down to all the kids, it may not matter as much. But if you're somebody that's turning every three years, then understanding what your residual price is, is going to be much more important for you.
0: Well, speaking of that, what is the difference between a new car and a used car, particularly if the used car is, say, at that shorter end, only three years old or so?
1: It's been a really interesting cycle um, that we've seen in, in cars over the last couple of years. We've had a market for so many years where we've almost been oversupplied. So it's been a really, it's been a consumer's dream yes. in as far as uh, pricing has been for new and used vehicles. But obviously like everything with inflation at the moment, a tightening of supply globally, we're right hand drive markets, so we see less vehicles into our market. We're seeing prices start to increase um, quite dramatically in both new and used, which is supply driven. And I think the kind of money that needs to go into the future of automotive, so around research and development, is just going to see the price of new vehicles highly likely staying up there Mm -hmm. and if not increasing in time. We do know that the various materials that go into electric vehicles uh, are more expensive than a traditional internal combustion engine. So I think the higher prices are there to stay and if we see supply continue to be quite tight, then I think we'll probably see used vehicle prices holding their own as well in the next couple of years. Should you always test drive a car, even if it's a similar model
0: that you've owned before or you've been driving for 30 years and you think, oh, what, what really could the difference be?
1: You know, I think the technology is changing so much. I really do encourage consumers to be test driving a vehicle and particularly if private purchases, if they're, they're buying, you know, through an online platform like car sales, then test driving is really critical to the the process to make sure that they know what they're buying Probably less so within new vehicles. But the other thing too is there's so much autonomous technology now in there. So you may not love that. Some of the lane changing technology or mm-hmm. the That you actually know, scared I was on the harbour <laughs> bridge
0: when my car first used yeah. that lane technology. Yeah. So it scared the living hell out of me. I mean, it was great once I got used to it, but my Lord, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think just making sure you know know what you're getting into and what you're buying and unraveling any kind of transaction is much harder than not entering that transaction. So from a consumer perspective, I think whatever avenue you're looking at buying, definitely test drive the vehicle. It's not just about the feel and the experience. And even if you're not a car person, there's still a lot of impact on, on your driving experience. So 10 minutes, yeah. Round the block, stop, start, make sure you feel comfortable. It's much harder to unravel than it is to stop getting yeah. into a transaction if you're not 100% certain. What are the different ways you can buy a car now? You don't have to go to a car yard necessarily, do you? So I think the online platforms have provided a great opportunity for the consumer to really pick their own adventure. Whereas <laughs> before we kind of withheld and held so much information mm. in dealership, we see so many consumers now, Erin, come in who their level of knowledge and research on a particular product is exceptional. They, they come in with more knowledge on the vehicle than some of our sales teams sometimes. Wow. So I think... <laughs> Does that annoy you? <laughs> I think it, it's great when people are passionate and they've yeah. got the opportunity to do their research and that's the thing that's so empowering about online. You, you've got editorial sites, you know, through carsales.com or through other avenues where people can, can be really comfortable when they go into a dealership. They've got lots of information. They're armed with what they need to know. I I think it's a positive. I think it's a better experience. I spent seven or eight years
0: of my childhood in
1: Indonesia where it doesn't matter if you're in
0: a department store or a market, wherever it may be, you haggle, you bargain. That's just how things are done. I remember buying a car with mum once and she said well, fine, we'll go to the other place and they'll do it for this. And you kind of walk off waiting for them to say, okay, no, no, I'll do it. You know, those kind of haggling. Are those days dead essentially?
1: Well, look, I I think at the moment on that whole supply and demand Mm. kind of equation, they're probably limited circumstances. However, you know, there's there's still a huge number of consumers that love that marketplace. They love that haggle. There's a lot of consumers that love the option of just buying and not entering a dealership or buying and not having any personal contact, whether that's through a marketplace or through a dealership. I I just think at the moment you've got choice, um, but probably haggling less so at the moment just because supply is tight. Your trade-in is also a great opportunity to talk about that pricing. That's probably giving you some leverage um, rather than necessarily haggling on the new car price. It is about what your trade-in vehicle um, brings as well, and that's probably the haggle opportunity still. One of the massive punishes kind
0: of in the earlier days is paperwork with buying a new car and all the red tape and all the documents and all that kind of stuff. Is it still quite complex
1: in that way? The actual car buying journey I think is getting simpler. I mean we're seeing improved online fintechs for consumer finance and business finance, which I think is becoming a lot simpler for people as well. You know, it really is a matter of credit scores and then going through a verification process and then submitting bank documents. And, and that's really improved. So if I think about the financing side of it, that's becoming better and more streamlined as we see people channelling their energy into fintech. The vehicle process, I think, is hopefully a little more modern than it used to be. You know, there's still the normal paperwork, yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah. You,
0: you've mentioned supply a couple of times. I guess for anyone listening now who's looking at buying their next car, is that likely to ease a little bit over the next
1: little while where we see more cars in Australia? I think that's the $64,000 question (laughs) for all of dealers and consumers Mm. and the manufacturers. And again, we're still seeing impact offshore. The number of chips in your car is likely to determine the lead time for you. So the higher end specification vehicles, which have got a huge number of the semiconductor chips. So I think we've still got some supply challenges ahead. And again... We've just seen in the last two years this massive shift towards more electric vehicles and moving towards a greener environment. So I think a lot of the manufacturers are spending a huge amount on R&D, which is probably going to slow them wanting to put a whole lot of continued effort into the drivetrains that maybe won't make it. And I think supply is going to be tight for a little while just yet. Well, we'll watch and, and fingers crossed. Edwina,
0: thank you so much for your time and your expertise. It's an absolute pleasure. Buying your next car doesn't have to be daunting if you just know what steps to take. But buying a car that's right for you will come down to how much money you want to spend. So on the next episode, we'll be talking all about that with one of our favourites. He's back, Mike Sinclair from Car Sales. They're
1: going to look at things like how much the car is, how much down payment or deposit. They're going to look at your salary. They're going to look at your employment history. Even the age of the vehicle, you'll be able to finance a newer vehicle more easily than an older vehicle.
0: That's next time. Bye for now. This podcast is a listener production hosted by me, Erin Molan, and made in partnership with Car Sales. Executive producer is Todd Stevens, producer is Kelsey Menzies, and audio by Kelly Fulston. Listener.